powerful name. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. Oh, can you love him tonight? We thank you, Lord, for your power and the Holy Ghost that is here. We pray you move powerfully, Jesus. We're thankful for your name. There isn't salvation in any other name. Hallelujah. But only the name of Jesus. We lift you up and thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel good in the house of the Lord this evening. The presence of the Lord is here and we're here. We combine those two things together with worship unto his great name. There's no telling what chains will fall off and what differences can be made. Amen. Amen. Thankful to be here tonight and to worship in this sanctuary with this people. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles this evening, would like to teach tonight, Bible study night, Tuesday on the rock. The rock is a foundation we can stand on where our footing is sure, not sinking sand, but a solid rock. Amen. I'm thankful for truth that provides firmness and solidarity. We have that tonight in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn to the book of Matthew chapter 8. I will be reading verses 5 through 13. And while you're turning there, I have to correct my vocabulary. I said infamous. I don't know if you caught that. I said Sister Christy Andreas is making her infamous beef stew. Well, that is not what I meant. Infamous means quite the opposite of famous. So sometimes my brain moves faster than my mouth. But it is a great stew, and thank you for those who corrected me on that. I need that. Famous, and you will not be disappointed. Amen. I'm thankful to be behind this desk. Give honor to my pastor, who is down south, taking care of some business meetings with the WPF and trekking to Rosarito with his children to make sure that is going smoothly. Thankful for my bishop and this church and the saints of GBFPC. Matthew chapter 8, verse number 5 reads that, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. The children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant, the centurion's ser servant, was healed in the same, in the selfsame hour. Amen. For just a few moments tonight, I want to teach on this thought, the faith of a centurion, the faith of a centurion. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless this service. God, we thank you for what we feel in your house, and we pray that you continue to move emphatically across this congregation in our hearts and our minds, Savior. I pray for deliverance and healing and that your word would penetrate, God, and it would help us to become what you want us to be in your kingdom. Thank you so much for visiting us in this place. We honor you and love you in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Amen. I've been studying a little about faith. Some of what I'm presenting tonight in this message comes from 
A large part of it comes from Brother Crawford Kuhn, the late Crawford Kuhn uh, Bible study, and this is this is a very good take on faith. A lot of scriptures that he comprised and put together, and I'm going to use some of that tonight in this lesson, the faith of a centurion. And it is important, first of all, to clarify faith. There's a difference between the faith as opposed to faith. The faith is the doctrines and the teachings established by Jesus, which were taught by his apostles, which were delivered to the saints. So when the Bible speaks of things like contending for the faith, or one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and some shall depart from the faith, this is not the same as faith toward God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. That is the faith that we teach, the doctrine that we express. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. In the last part of that, it says, I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. The faith is what we teach and believe. We're here tonight because we're part of the faith. We believe the faith. And as Ephesians chapter 4 has already expressed, there is only one faith. There's only one true faith. And we preach that in this sanctuary. We preach that all across this world, this one faith, this oneness message, this message of salvation. That is the faith, this holiness living. I'm thankful today to know what the faith is and to be a part of it. Amen. I'm thankful for those that teach it and those that labor in the faith. But there is a difference today on what I want to teach about the faith and the faith. And a good thing to remember in helping differentiate these two terms is that one can have faith and not be in the faith. But you cannot be in the faith without having faith toward God. I'll say that again. You can have faith and not be in the faith. And not be in the truth. But you cannot be in the truth or not be in the faith without having faith toward God. And so where does that begin? How do we obtain this faith? How do we accrue it? The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, and I will be giving many scriptures this evening, not to bore you, but to enlighten you hopefully, and to give you an understanding of faith. We need it. In verse 17 of Romans chapter 10, the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. You have to hear it. And you have to hear it from the word of God. That's where it is first birthed. Faith comes by hearing. This is why it's so important what you listen to. What you plug into your ears. What you pay attention to and read. You have to be hearing things that come from the word of God. That's why it's important that we assemble together and we not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Because when we come together, I don't know how you feel sometimes, but I know that I could have bad days. And I know that depression can knock on my door and so can oppression. But when I come to the house of God, even though I'm tired and weary and I've had a long day or I've had things happen to me that aren't pleasant. When I come to the house of God and there's a body of believers worshiping God and praising God, something happens in me. And when I see a sister, an elder come who's weak and tired and she's still here raising her hands and lifting up her voice. Or I see young people that aren't in the clubs, that aren't off somewhere sowing their royal oaths, but they're here in the house of God. That gives me faith and says, you know what? I'm glad to be a part. There is a God that is bigger than me and my problems. I'm here today because there's a God that can give me faith. I believe in him. He's realer than anything that I have ever experienced. Amen, amen. 
faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews says emphatically a great verse on faith. It says, without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible to please God. You cannot please God if you are unfaithful. And so we must have this kind of faith. Without hearing it, it has to come from the word of God. Our journey toward God and salvation begins when we hear the word of God and we believe it. There's some that hear the word, but they don't believe it. And they, te- they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. I just saw and was sent some, some uh, clips on the Methodist church allowing transgender pastors in their sanctuary. That is not the truth. That is not of God. That is not faith. That is contrary to the principles of holiness. I want to stay in the book. And so I have to hear somebody preach it to me. And I have to believe it. How am I going to believe it? I'm going to hear it. I'm going to open the Bible for myself. I'm going to read it. I'm going to dig into it and find out that it's true. And I'm I'm going to practice this faith. So it begins with hearing his word. When we believe we are eligible to receive anything and everything God's word promises us. When we believe and have faith, it makes us a prime candidate to receive what God has in store. I'm here tonight and I believe that's the first step. Many people said, Lord, I believe, and God healed them or God blessed them. One even said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. He still believed and because of it, his deaf and dumb son who was always throwing himself into the fire was immediately immediately healed of the possession of that deaf and dumb spirit because he simply believed. Faith is important. Satan and the demons, they believe. They believe, yet their belief does not save them. So it takes more than this type of believing to be saved. We cannot be saved without believing. Faith is the first step. It's the beginning ingredient and a necessary part of our salvation. One of the things that faith does for us is it brings salvation. It negates unbelief. Hebrews 11.6, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And there's a key word in there and it's diligently. It's diligently. Sometimes you have to keep praying. Sometimes you have to keep smiling and keep pressing on. The Bible says, I press toward the mark. That's faith. That takes faith because it may not have happened today. The miracle I asked for, the blessing that I want, didn't happen today. But my faith says God is bigger and maybe he's showing me something. Maybe he's going to reveal unto me how great he really is. Or maybe what I'm going through is going to be a testimony for somebody that needs to see God. And so my faith says, I'm going on. I'm keep pressing. I'm not giving up. I'm not backing down. I'm not backsliding. I'm not quitting. But I'm pressing toward something because I have faith. He that believeth on me, as said in John chapter 7, verse 38, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, for by grace are ye saved through faith. Faith brings salvation. Salvation is important. Work out your own salvation to do that. You have to have faith. Well, how am I going to get it? You have to come to the house of God. You have to hear it. Sometimes you have to hear it by the word of a testimony, and that will give you faith, and then I'll give you a little surge in the Holy Ghost to keep moving forward. You have to keep hearing it and believing the word of God. It has to come from the word of God. 
Romans chapter 5, verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We have access today by faith, our believing. And so faith brings salvation. Faith can bring healing. Faith can cause there to be a miracle of healing. And you can read many scriptures. I like James 5.15. The Bible says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. It's not just words that we've recited or a poetic verse, but it is words mingled with faith towards God. When you come to the front and you're anointed with oil and you're battling sickness and the man of God or one of those in the ministry, these men of God lay hands on you and they pray a prayer of faith, healing can happen instantaneously because of faith. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. He said to the woman that had an issue of blood, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. So it's important to understand that we need this key ingredient in our life that is called faith. For without it, we cannot receive these blessings. And might I say, there are some that have faith that are not in the faith, and they can still receive a miracle, and that's okay. Just because someone receives a healing or someone um, receives a miracle from God or something great happens because of faith, that can happen. They may not be saved, but that can still happen. And I can remember when I wasn't living for God, and I prayed, and my family wasn't in church, and I was a small child, and I had a stomach ache that woke me up in the middle of the night, and I called on the name of Jesus, and instantly I was healed. It's because God rewards faith in those that call upon him and believe in him. Acts chapter 3, verse 16, and his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong. So we understand, and we make it a a, a key proponent of this service that we pray always for the sick because that is something that is in the word of God and we have faith that God will heal. Another thing that faith does is causes us to please God. I just don't want from God. I don't want God just to give me, give me, give me. But there's a part of me that loves him and there's a part of me that wants to give back to him. And one way that I do that is through faith. Bible says, again, Hebrews eleven six 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. There's nothing like one of the Lord's children going to him and say, Lord, this battle is heavy. It's, it's, you know, I can't take what I'm going through, but you're big and you're great and you can handle it because you're God and I have faith in you. That just does something to the Lord. It pleases him. Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God because he had faith in God. Faith causes us to want to please him. Faith pleases God. It also brings victory. Uh, faith brings victory. You can read in 1 John chapter 5, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. There are many things and, and, and uh, good things that faith provides. Another verse says we should study the things that constitute the world with the view of being victorious over them. Faith brings victory. Faith is what we need when we go into battle. It brings understanding. It brings sanctification. The Bible says that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. It sanctifies us when we have faith. We acquire initial sanctification when we are born again. It's important. We could go on. There's several verses. We'll read some more. But faith, it's, it's just the prime ingredient to have a move of God in your life have to have faith. You have to believe in God. It is something that gives us justification. Justified by faith, Romans says in the first verse 
of chapter 5. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justification is a benefit of being born again. It means being declared just and innocent and righteous in the eyes of God. We receive this justification when we have faith in him. Another verse says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. It's not our works that saves us, because faith without works is dead. It is our faith that brings us a justification. It is faith that separates us and makes us whole. Faith justifies us. It gives us direction because we don't walk by faith. or well, I'm sorry, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And the scripture reads, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We have to have faith. And that's true. I mean, you're going to have struggles and trials and things that you don't have an answer to. But if you have faith in God, you walk by faith. You do what you know is right according to the word of God, listening to the man of God. It brings us righteousness. It brings us all kinds of benefits. In just a few more scriptures, there are certain facts of faith. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. These are pertinent facts of faith. Faith works by love. You have to have love. It mingles with faith. Another verse, all people do not have faith. And we know that is true, and it's getting even more prevalent in today's world that people are losing their faith in God. I have people I work with, and I, I really uh, don't like it, and not too many people come and talk to me uh, 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 evil uh, or talk uh, evil against God to me, for many know that I am a Christian, I'm an apostolic, but there are times when some will use it and say something against the faith because they don't have faith. But thank God we know him. Thank God that we feel him. Thank God he loves us. And thank God he knows us by name. Amen. Say what you want to, but God is real. Say what you want to, but he's still the king of kings, and he's still the Lord of lords. Amen. Faith is weightier matter than tithing. Can you imagine that? Faith is a weightier matter than tithing. You'll find that in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. And the church is the household of faith. This church is a representation of faith toward God. We should be the first ambassadors of Christ to lift up the name of Jesus. We should not have doubt. When you have doubt, immediately faith leaves, and there's no pleasing God. God can't answer a request. Don't surround yourself with negative people that put down the house of the Lord, that put down the man of God, because this is where faith is generated. This is where faith starts. It starts over this pulpit by a man of God preaching it to you from the word of God. So this is a house of faith. I want to teach my children about faith and believing in God. I want them to know that they can believe on something bigger than their problems. This is the house of faith. Amen. Faith is also a part of the fruit of the Spirit. So if you want to be a person recognized by being spiritual, then you have to have the fruit of the Spirit. And one part of the fruit of the Spirit is faith. It is a fruit of the Spirit. Amen. There's all types of verses and many, many scriptures that talk about the importance of faith. I want to talk about faith towards God tonight and the faith of a centurion. We put our faith in so many things. We trust in so many worldly objects. We put our faith in cars. 
And cars, they depreciate the moment the wheels leave the parking lot of the dealership. They go down in value, and everything in that vehicle deteriorates through usage. But we put so much faith in them. We put our faith in the brakes. I got a story about that. I have a Tahoe. I always talk, my Tahoe is a great spiritual teacher to me. Um, and I recently paid it off, and I'm so proud of that. And, and uh, it has, you know, some things that need fixed on it. You know, it's a 2013, but it's paid for. My wife drives it sometimes. She had to drive it for some time and wasn't making her happy because there was a little, there was a little uh, oh, you know, a whining sound, or not whining, but just a high screech when she would roll the wheels off into the sunset. And she didn't like it. It wasn't good for her image. She's a professional, and she doesn't need to be pulling up at the doctor's office with this high-pitched noise. And, babe, it's fine. It's paid for. be easy. We'll figure out what it is. I think it's the brakes. We'll just fix it. Well, that went on and on. Just time time wasn't uh, our best uh, friend. And so it kept getting worse and louder, and she was uh, telling me there's a grinding sound. Okay, well, I'll check out what that is. And then the next thing I know, she's calling me from Visalia and saying, you know, hey, I just went ahead and took this vehicle in because I stepped on the brakes and it wasn't stopping as fast as I thought it should. We put our faith in those kind of things. And sure enough, just to finish the story so you won't be wondering about it, um, the guy called and said, Mr. Brock, you have four brakes that are very thin. We have to replace them. I already got a price for the brakes. I knew it was going to cost me, you know, close to $400 to get all four replaced. But he said, the front two rotors are really bad. I can't even shave them. They're so, they're so thin. I, I can't even legally shave them down. And one of them has the crack, has a crack all the way through it. And uh, you're just going to have to replace both of these. And, and so uh, talk about faith. Um, he first quoted my wife $1,400 for all of that work and, and, and doing the brakes. And then he called me, and he was charging me 850 And I said, sir, what can you do just to get my wife on the road into Bakersfield? I get a much cheaper uh, job here in town. He goes, well, what do you want to give? That always scares me. And I gave him a price, and he shaved off $250, and my wife was able to get all that done for $600 and bring it home. But the whole point of that story is, is that we put our faith in those kind of things. And those are the types of things that could cause disasters, yet we trust them. We believe them. People die in car accidents all the time. But we use that every day to leave and to go other places. People die in plane crashes, but we put our, our faith in planes still. God has never failed. God has never let us down. And people will retract their faith from him, but we should not do that. We should stand firm and say, God is true. Let him be true. And every man alive, I'm going to put my faith in the Lord, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to show that by being obedient unto his word. How do I have this kind of faith? How do I receive the faith like a centurion. There's some lessons here that we can learn from the centurion. The centurion received the word and he acted upon the word of God. Obviously, the centurion heard that Jesus was coming to Capernaum. And before Jesus was a list of miracles, he had just finished healing a leper. And now he comes to Capernaum. And this word goes out. And this centurion hears about this Jesus, this Roman probably centurion, a man who commanded over a hundred men, heard that this man from Nazareth, this Jesus of Nazareth, is coming to Capernaum. And all of the miracles that he had performed, he believed, this centurion believed in Jesus, and that Jesus was able to heal just because he heard a testimony. His faith towards God grew. His faith in Jesus grew. Matthew 8, 5 says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion 
beseeching him, begging him, this man of authority, going to this Israelite, this Jesus, and asking him, begging him to heal his servant who is at home, who is paralyzed and sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. The centurion, he heard and he believed. You must hear and you must believe. There are things that God has done in this house to the people that are sitting on these pews. There are testimonies in here that are great and powerful and that will never die because they testify about the goodness and the greatness of God. I challenge somebody today to go tell somebody about what God has done for you. To tell somebody about what God has done for your family, what he's doing in your church, the revival that you've seen, those that you have seen healed. And you watch the faith of the residents of Bakersfield grow as they come into this house. Somebody needs to talk about the goodness of Jesus. Somebody needs to declare these good things because there's a world that needs faith. I want to be a proponent of faith. Hallelujah. Put your hands together and worship him. He heard, and he acted upon what he believed. It was enough for him. He didn't need a huge, long explanation about this Jesus, where he came from, who his parents were. He didn't need all of that. He just knew this was a man of God, and he knows how to heal because he is God. That's all I need. We need simple faith today in the house of the Lord. We need a simple faith that believes God can and that God will. So that was the first thing. He received and he acted upon the word of God. Secondly, the centurion knew there was authority in God's word. In Jesus' words. There is power today in the words of Jesus. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. He didn't need a huge outward manifestation. He just said, Lord, you don't even have to. You're God. You're, you're Jesus. and You don't even have to go to my house. You can just, from where you are, speak the word only. And my servant will be healed. And he went on to explain. He goes, look, I, I know you know this, but I'm, I'm a man of authority. And I can tell my servants that are under me to go, and they'll go. And I can tell another, come here, and he'll come here. And I can tell another one, go do this. And They'll go do this. How much greater, Lord, are your words? How much more powerful are the words spoken from your lips? Just speak the word, and it shall be done. When the Lord speaks, there is deliverance. And when the Lord speaks, healing takes place. Psalm says in 107, verse 20, that he sent his word, and he healed them just by his word, and he delivered them from their destruction. There is something powerful about the words of Jesus. When I cry out unto him, many times I say, just speak the word, just think the thought, master, and it shall be done. That's how powerful he is. There's no power in me. There's no magic in me by saying those words, but the faith that I have, the faith that I have pleases God, and it makes him want to do those things that I ask him according to his perfect will. Jeremiah said, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. The Lord said this to Jeremiah. I will hasten my word to perform it. God will hasten his word to 
perform it. Sometimes it feels like it's forever, but God has a plan. God has a purpose. And one thing is for sure, God is not forgetting about you. God is not putting you on some type of back burner and just letting you fade away. God cares so immensely about you, and, and he's no respecter of persons. If he loves me, then he loves you, and if he loves you, then he loves your neighbor. He is not forgetting about your situation or your problem. Just know that he has a plan and that when he's ready, all he has to do is speak a word, and it will be done. The centurion understood this about the master. Just speak it, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. This impressed Jesus so much. This impressed him so much. He said, if you just speak the word, he will be healed. You don't have to go this far. Just say it. And as the musicians come, I won't be much longer. These are two things already that we learn from the centurion. But the third thing is the centurion did not let his position, his title, he did not let what others thought deter him from believing on Jesus. He kept his attention and his focus on getting to Jesus with his petition. Can you imagine? He was probably a Roman scholar saying, you know, they had no dealings with these types of people. He was a man of authority and of position. He probably could have afforded great uh, service medically. But when he heard about Jesus, when he heard about him, he said, all I have to do is get to where he is. We don't find him being deterred by anybody who asked him where he was going. He, he, he went to the master with intent and with purpose. He was focused. He was ready to make a petition known. He wanted the word of the Lord spoken to him. And Jesus taught his disciples the same. I feel good in the Holy Ghost. I feel good. I feel confirmation today in the Holy Ghost. They sang it today in choir. Brother Casey came and he read about it. Jesus tried to teach his disciples, his students, the same thing. We read it in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. He says, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. To speak the word according to the word of God. That's why he tells the centurion, I have not seen so great a faith in all Israel. You, not even a disciple of mine, a Roman, you come to where I am because you heard a word and you believed it. And it was enough to give you faith to come to where I am. And you told me I don't even have to do all of this. All I have to do is speak the word and it will be performed. It shall be done. Jesus is trying to convince somebody tonight that all you have to do is have faith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. I'm not trying to preach prosperity, but he is still the Lord of finances. He can deliver you if you're struggling financially. He can deliver you if you're struggling with drugs or alcohol. We know that. 
oppression, depression. Jesus is able. His word says that he is able. I'm thinking of men such as Daniel who said, I know there's a decree and I know I'm pretty important and I have a position to uphold and I have a job to do, a duty to fulfill. And I know the king has already sealed it with his ring and no one can pray to anybody else but my faith isn't in that. Even though the situation is bleak and there is a possibility of death, I'm not going to go down that route because there is nothing There is nothing that I can benefit going that route. I'm going to have faith in God. And so these shutters are going to be open three times a day. I'm not even going to worry if somebody's listening, and there were, but I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to seek the face of the Lord, and I'm going to pray. And because of his faith, the situation looked like it was getting worse and dark. The situation looked like there was not going to be any benefit to Daniel. But he said, I'm still praying. And because of his faith, because he acted upon what he knew in the word of God, he was delivered from death. Oh, I know that's a, that's a Sunday school lesson, but it's one we should live every day. Oh, to be like Daniel. Where was the fault in Daniel? I cannot find any, but I do know this. He was a man of faith that prayed. Always, and God delivered him. Yes, trouble came his way, but he still prayed and God delivered him. He made petitions unto God and God answered him. I like, I like his students, the Hebrew three, who said, you know, our Lord, this is what they, it's powerful. Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief, right? Well, the three Hebrews said, throw us into the fire. The Lord will deliver us. But if he doesn't, he is still God. And we're not going to bow to this graven image. We're not going to worship something that isn't real, something that is made by men's hands. We're going to believe what we know by the word of God. And we're going to stand and we're going to die by this faith. We need that kind of tenacity. We need that type of fervor as we stand in the house of the Lord today. We need that type of prayer that, God, I have situations and I have things that I'm struggling with and I have problems and I have things that I, that I have uh, brought to your attention, Lord, and I have healings that I need and I have blessings that I need. And I've been asking, but, Lord, I know you're going to do it. That's my faith. I have backsliders in my family. I know, God, that I don't understand how it's going to happen. But I, know, I believe in you, God. Because you love them. And I'm here today in the house of God. I'm standing in the gap by faith, lifting up my voice and my hands, worshiping you, and knowing that you're going to do the work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, what's your mountain tonight? What's your mountain tonight? What's your difficulty? What are you struggling with? Well, everything's going great. Well, that's great, but there's other people in here called your brothers and sisters. Have you prayed for them? What are they going through? Your faith can help them. Your prayer of faith, your, your obedience to God can work a miracle in their life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this could be a short, brief thing. It doesn't have to be, but if you have a need tonight, if you have a need tonight, let's just come to the front. If you have a sickness and you want to be prayed for, the ministries here, just line up right in front of these steps. We'll anoint you, and we're going to put into practice what we've preached today.
We're going to put into practice faith. As they sing, let's come up to the front for just a few short minutes and let's be obedient unto the word of God and worship him in faith. Hallelujah. Make way to the water, walk me through the fire, do what